was all right. Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Oh, Brandon, I've had two people reach out to me and say, Brandon's black? <laughs> oh, hell. <laughs> because you said on the band thing, you're like, well, I'm a brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I figured that would, that would happen at some point. How about that, uh, about that Jared Leto news? I want to die. Somebody saw something in that performance. There might have been one to one and a half people on this podcast, but apparently people in the studios feel a little differently. I might just be in the wrong profession. I don't know. I might just have a better eye than other people. It's honestly, it's so fucking wild to me because, um, <laughs> because I, saw the, I saw the article get posted in the movies subreddit. And literally everyone in there is like, this movie is fucking like the first one is trash and now they're just making it worse. Like, I don't understand anything that's happening. And then like, I was like, okay, let me get some other perspective on this. And I think that there's like a DC cinematic universe subreddit, which honestly, red flag number one, if you're in there. But I went to see that the article posted there and everyone in the comments was like, yes, absolutely. That's my guy. He's going to kill it. I mean, to be fair, to use your words, you can't take those people's words to heart. Those aren't the type of people that you need to take opinions from. You need to take opinions from people like in this podcast that saw this coming or happening. I take my opinion from myself, and my opinion is that that shit is trash. (laughs) Can't wait to see it. I I was having a very, very shitty day. And then the news broke, and I felt somewhat vindicated for about five seconds. And then I realized all the uh, posting I did on Twitter, that that link just doesn't work. (laughs) Apparently, Spotify, you can't just copy the link, put it on Twitter. (laughs) Why not? I have no idea. I just, I would click on it, and it would take you to the app store, and then all hell broke loose. Because all the, the DC Reddit just started going and going. And they were like, did you see this? Did you see this? And I was like, I, I did. <laughs> not on the DC Reddit. <laughs> I really am not. I just, I would love to meet anyone who is like such a big fan of the DC cinematic universe. Someone asked Derek if he is subscribed. It's probably Derek. <laughs> yeah. I felt really bad that he's not on this one, being that this is like the... Um, we could have, we yeah, we definitely could have gotten his perspective on combat and war. He was too busy um, creating a Halloween trivia slide show. What for their yeah. for their party? Oh, did you did you get that message too? Uh huh. I only got five right. They were hard. Didn't he do something similar last year? Yeah, that's his thing. Like, it was like a '90s thing, right? He does mm-hmm. he does trivia. I think it was for Delicia's birthday. Ah, uh, that's right. Okay. I like trivia. Yeah, but I mean, like, he creates, like, a trivia slideshow for his friends. I want to throw a holly, uh, holly, goddammit, a holiday-themed party and do trivia. Okay. I hope we're invited. I just don't understand very quickly here. (laughs) I just don't understand how, if, like, if Jared Leto's Joker (laughs) ever met Ben Affleck's Batman, he's gonna fucking murder him, right? Like... What are we doing here? Doesn't Ben Affleck's Batman murder people? I don't know. Is that the point? I don't know if Jared Leto's Joker would ever get close enough to an actual person, like hand-to-hand combat-wise. Fair. 
He shouldn't. I'm sure the smell alone would be... Unless he's surprising someone by shooting them while his girlfriend's dancing on them. Which, I literally, I, I honestly, I should have just, that should have been my only response to anything out of your mouth during that entire discussion. You don't want no beef, right? <laughs> Anyways, on to, on to smaller and better things. What's, uh, what's everyone been watching this week? I um, started watching Outlander. So I have gotten no sleep because I have stayed up until four or five. The episodes are long. It takes a long time to watch them. There's just a lot of, um, I hate to be a stereotype here, but. There's a lot of dong. Isn't that the show famous for dong? Mm-hmm. All okay. kinds of dong. Edmir Tully's dong. Ah, uh-huh. you just been staying up late watching Outlander. Mm-hmm. Okay. Meat gazing. <laughs> well, for the last two episodes of the first season, I had to close my eyes so I wasn't gazing at anything. Is it just like super violent? There's a lot of rape. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And the smashing of body parts and things like that. And the second season's weird, but it also has rape. <laughs> they have a consistent theme. <laughs> they don't tell you about the medieval. T- Is it? It's a medieval times right medieval uh 1700s medieval. during that time when the the scottish were trying to uprise against the english huh. oh okay yeah, i didn't know that oh i yeah, love that time period y'all want to do you guys want a quick like over like what it is yeah fuck it okay so i'm not gonna give i'm not gonna get too into detail but basically a woman accidentally goes back and a, a woman from the 1940s accidentally goes back in time through the Cairnadoon stones which are in Scotland, and she goes back to the 1700s and is trying to like make it back home to her time, and then decides to instead try to change the outcome of the war or the uprising, because the 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 Scottish that were involved in that uprising ended up being like wiped out, and that's when the Scots kind of had their culture taken away from them. Hmm. Time travel. I have to watch this. Not what I was expecting. So does it eventually, like, are we talking eventually alternate history sort of thing? Like, does she actually, no spoilers, I guess, but presumably she changes some part of something. I'm only on season two, and there's five seasons. They are changing things, but we don't know if the outcome ultimately, like, I don't know in three, four, and five if the outcome changes, but she was pretty disappointed in season two. Mm. But I would recommend it. Brandon, what about you? I don't know. It was it was uh, it was a, a slow week, I guess. So I didn't really watch anything. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm still going through um, the morning show, but uh, other than that, didn't uh, really really catch anything. I watched actually. I watched Scary Movie two after uh, we did our Scream podcast. So that was that was fun because I hadn't seen it in a few few years. But uh, other than that, uh, nothing current. Scary Movie 2 is, uh, is this is my strong hand, right? Yes. Okay. Shouts to Chris Elliott. National treasure. Uh, International treasure. Damn you, Canada! <laughs> I mean, I never, I guess I never specified what nation he was a treasure for. Uh, <laughs> Ryan? Ryan, what about you? Uh, I watched the first part of The Comey Rules, which is on Showtime. It's a two-parter. 
it's about an hour and a half each part. So I haven't seen the second part. I'm not necessarily sure how it ends, but spoiler alert, he gets fired. I feel like we know how it is. <laughs> uh, it's got a really great cast. Got Jeff Daniels, Holly Hunter, uh, your boy Scoot McNary's in it. Um, but it, it's a it, it's super interesting in the fact that the way the first, at least the first part, the way it portrays what happened. It's like, hey, if we do it this way, we're going to get shit on. But if we do it this way, we're going to get shit on even more. So ultimately, let's just pick the lesser of two evils. And so far, I don't, you know, that's just the first part. And then the other movie I saw, um, saw Spotlight for the first time. I'd never actually seen it. It's about the Catholic Church in Boston over a time period. Um, pretty sure you can see where that's going, but it was really, really, really good. Michael Keaton, he's just a badass. He's so cool. Like his part doesn't feel like there's a lot to it, but he's doing a lot by not doing a lot. That makes any sense. Mark Ruffalo, of course, like fucking goes for it as he always does. Uh, I really, uh, Liev Schreiber is really good. Liev Schreiber. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Shouts to Marty Cohen. Yeah. I totally forgot. Holy shit. I don't know why I forgot that I watched this on Sunday. American Beauty for the first time. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, my God. It was fan-fucking-tastic. Lindsay was like, oh, you know, we got to watch American Beauty. And I was like, oh, I've never seen it before. And then I was like, oh, shit, this one, best picture. Like, And it's got Kevin Spacey in it. And Annette Bening, who, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we, uh, we talked about. In, in a different pod and oh That's my right. god it was it was so good getting dicked down by the guy from the oc <laughs> i was I, I was watching this movie the whole time and i was like oh my fucking god is that what my life is gonna be like i'm gonna have this fucking Wait. midlife crisis oh <laughs> and just everything's gonna fucking fall apart and i'm just be like fuck it i want to be a fucking 20 year old again and Lindsay was like probably because that's you I was going to say, did you did you say that out loud? Because you shouldn't have based on the context of that movie. Oh, man, it was so good. I, it's one of those. It's it's a movie that definitely at some point is going to come out of my mouth for a nomination for us to do a podcast on because it's so good. I think for a long well, for a significant portion of my high school years, I think American Beauty was my favorite movie like ever. There, that was that was the response that I was like. Whenever people would ask, like, "Oh, what's your what's your favorite movie?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, American Beauty." I feel like I, I haven't watched it in a while, and I've seen better movies since then. But and it's obviously tainted in some in some ways, but still. No, no, no. You can get past it. Well, that's right. We we talk about the art, not the artist, right? Yeah. I was Ricky Fitz for uh, Halloween my senior year of high school. What did you? I just I wore a beanie and a jacket and a tie and I had my little video camera and, and I just had this plastic HEB bag that I would just throw and be like, <laughs> look at it. Also, I and I never got that. So speaking of, I never right, got from that like Family scene. Guy, right? Well, uh, there's <laughs> it, they do it in Family Guy and then they also do it in uh, not another teen movie. Yeah, yeah. And I well. never got either one of those references and I was like, oh my fucking god, it's the fucking bag. <laughs> Except he's doing it for real. I love this. Why did she want to watch? Why did Lindsay just randomly want to watch American Beauty? We were just talking about um, random shit that we could watch, and she was like, "Oh, oh you've okay. never seen this shit before." So I was like, "Oh, no." Interesting, Jennifer. We'll have to we'll have to do that. Well, you don't want to watch movies that I've already seen. 
I've also already seen that. No, not watch American Beauty. I just oh, mean like okay. we just need to like go through random movies that perhaps I've overlooked. That you or you've overlooked. I mean, I've overlooked a lot. I'm not watching fucking Banks Killing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're missing out. I'm not going to do it. Has anyone watched Hubie Halloween yet? Someone yes. give me feedback. We did. Yeah, Jennifer, give her feedback. Do we hate it? I feel like we I have to, right? Did you rewind it? I missed, I feel like a, it's a, it's, a movie? it's what you expect of Adam Sandler. Uh-huh. There's nothing less of what you would already expect it to so be. So if you go in with the right expectations, you'll get exactly what you hoped for. It's him doing a voice the entire time. That's yep. Watched the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it, but it's like that the whole movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> you keep thinking, maybe. <laughs> maybe he'll stop it. Hoping. I'm trying to think of the last movie he did that there wasn't like an obnoxious voice. Uncut, probably, right? Uh, I, I we weren't we weren't counting that, and I assumed that that New York accent was was grating to Jennifer. It, it was supposed to be a real accent, though. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm I'm Hubert. I don't know what he was doing <laughs> in that movie. But. <laughs> I like that one. That or I guess Big Daddy was like a normal voice. Right, right. That's all I can think of in his entire career. <laughs> Two movies, Two actually. Movies. Uncut Gems doesn't count. One movie. Netflix was like, here's. Hundreds of millions of dollars give us something that people will put on their TV and not really watch. I think there might be one person in this movie that we're going to talk about today that had as good or even better a run than Adam Sandler had in the 90s. I'm just going to throw that out there. That might be a little topic of conversation. Teaser. Jennifer, uh, you watched QB Halloween, but I'm not going to count that against you. What else? What else did you watch? Quickly for TV, we started and finished Ted Lasso. Fantastic. The whole thing in one mm-hmm. week. Nice. I watched Moneyball for the first time, and it was really good. Yeah, it is. It just came uh, out on Netflix, right? I wish Antonio was here because he hates that movie. I think. Well, I'm sure that movie hates. Him. Nick, if I'm not mistaken, it's because. It's because of, of some baseball inaccuracies, I feel like. And yes, he won't. He can't just sit there and just enjoy the film. Yeah. I mean, there are there are baseball inaccuracies in in that movie that that doesn't that doesn't it probably there, there's not enough of them to make it so that Antonio dislikes the movie completely hates it. I think I think he probably rated as like a one or a two. <gasps> what? How oh, dare yeah. him? He also can't can't abide. He's not a Billy Bean guy. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't subscribe to that whole that whole way of life. So. He's those old scouts at the table. Yes. Yeah. I really. I really enjoyed the book. The movie is a little. I'd rather watch. Uh, I'd rather watch Sports Night than watch Moneyball. Speaking of Aaron Sorkin, Jennifer, what else did you watch? We just watched The Trial of the Chicago Seven, that also just released on Netflix. Real? How was it, Nicholas? Did you ever? I thought it was fantastic. Fantastic. It's very stressful, very anxious. Made me want to become a judge. Did you like Eddie Redmayne's accent? Oh, God. Did you like his pouty mouth? No, I hate his mouth, I think, more than anyone nope. else's okay. mouth. Okay, all right, never mind. What? We didn't actually need that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I just need you to just agree that... 
Oh, okay. It's yeah. just some, it's, and it's weird. There's something about his mouth, but I, I mean, we've done this on a bunch of podcasts already, so I'm not going to do it again. But there's something about him and Felicity Jones's mouth. He also just looked like I told him. I was like, he looks like he's about to like break into a smile at all times. But I think that's just the way like his mouth is shaped. He can't control it because it's too big. I'm not even an Eddie Redmayne fan, but but it seems like the backlash is a little um, overdone. For I read something that somebody was like, it sounds like he spends the whole movie with um, peanut butter stuck on the roof of his mouth, and I was like, Jesus Christ, guys. Well, speaking of like a bad Southern accent that kind of hits home, I'm pretty sure that's not Spike Jones's real voice. Yeah, you know what, Jennifer? You're right. We have seen a lot of bad accents recently. We really have. Um, not good. Perhaps even in the movie this week. So in, in honor of Veterans Day, which I guess is probably tomorrow, whenever this drops, the fun table has chosen to dive into the deep, deep inexhaustible well of american war movies and we've chosen something i think um, to me seemed a little unexpected uh 1999's three kings which um, is almost to my mind an auteur's take on the war movie the gulf war specifically arguably danny ocean's first heist maybe last heist i don't know how we how we're how we're doing the chronology? We'll get it's to that. It's definitely Danny's first heist because he's first gonna heist. go to he's gonna go to jail for a little bit and then right. get out and do Ocean's Eleven. I love it. Um, and uh, the last time that I can personally remember Mark Wahlberg being good without a Boston accent, I nominated the movie this week. I have a general fondness for two things in life. One of them is Jennifer. And she wanted to watch this movie so badly. The second is George fucking Clooney. And somehow, if I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm not misremembering this, but I don't think that we've done a George Clooney movie yet, which seems incredible to me, because as one of my guys, I'm very excited to talk about George Clooney. Um, I was still surprised that this won over the other options, some of the other options. So for the rest of you guys, I have the same simple question. What's the first thing you think of when you hear Three Kings? Never heard of her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to also point out that Antonio stole my line. He did. He but tried. he's not here, so I subbed in and took he it tried. back. <laughs> he tried. Um, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have said it the same way either, I don't think. So <laughs> it's only right. It would have been. Never heard of her. <laughs> Ooh, little Charlie Brown ass. Um, <laughs> see, ya. can't can't miss a pod episode. Otherwise, you just get roasted the whole fucking time. I'm so scared for that. Note to self: <laughs> anybody, anybody else has everybody heard anybody else heard of this movie? Surely. I mean, I have. I'm gonna be honest. I had never heard of this movie before. I read a quick synopsis and was like, okay, I'm going to also vote for this movie. And then when we get into it, I'm like, oh, okay. So it's Danny Ocean plans a desert heist and uh, was not disappointed. It was it was a good movie. Very fun. Jennifer, I picked this movie for you. Mm-hmm. Why were you excited about this movie? I remember really liking this movie. 
And then obviously you look at the cast. It's fantastic. And I think it's funny that you said that we hadn't done a George Clooney movie yet. And I noticed we've now done two Jamie Kennedy movies <laughs> over multiple George Clooney movies somehow. Shout, shouts to B-Rad G. I was going to say next I'm nominating Malibu's Most Wanted. Unacceptable. I would vote for it. <laughs> Unacceptable. Or even better, his his cameo, not it wasn't a cameo, but his small spot in Harold and Kumar. Is this your bush? <laughs> This is a Jamie Kennedy fucking podcast now, guys. Yeah, That's what we're doing. It'd be a good one. Uh, I mean, I think of George Clooney. Technically, I think of George Clooney a lot, even if I don't hear the words Three Kings. But for me, what comes to mind is is this performance because it's, um, I don't know, it's the one that stuck with me. I mean, he's, he's out here being, this, this, this is the first time, this is the first movie that I remember George Clooney like being out here leading you know and and it was the sort of you he just had that natural sort of charisma that i was like okay i want to watch i want to watch whatever this guy does also for me i feel like the thing that dicks in my head is this is the first movie that i remember watching about like a modern war i guess i grew up with my dad watching westerns and war movies right we got a bunch of John Waynes and we got a bunch of like, uh, what's that? Paths of Glory or whatever the hell that thing is called. And some some World War Two stuff. And then some some of the later stuff. He wasn't super into like the I don't want to say art house, but he does, he wasn't super into like critically acclaimed stuff. But we, we watched um, um, Apocalypse Now, I think, when I got a little older, you know, so those sorts of those sorts of like Vietnam movies, you know, where things started to take a turn and people started to question stuff but this is the first movie that i remember and that's that's i guess why it stuck out to me is this is the first movie that i remember like set in the middle east and it was like yo this is this is a modern war these are people who are maybe not my age but gosh they were they were slightly older than me when i watched this the first time and now they're um significantly younger than me fuck (laughs) brandon does this you you were the one who who would um espoused this this heist movie and i i love the i love the continuation the george clooney heist movie um narrative that you formed is this a good heist movie it hidden inside of a war movie i think you know it hits all of the marks uh for a good heist movie you uh you've got the plan you know and maybe the they they acquire the uh the map in an unconventional way but uh you know you you've got uh danny ocean leading the team Big brain making all the moves, and you hit some snags along the way. Obviously, most heist movies make your way around those snags, and uh, you uh, you you acquire the, uh, I guess in this case, the gold. And you know, I just to kind of jump to the ending. I don't know that it's a traditional end for a heist movie. Certainly, there are heist movies that end with them potentially giving away the the spoils but uh you know because a lot of it is left up in the air as to like you know what actually happens with uh with the riches you know obviously uh, america gave the gold back to kuwait but you know at the end they do they do say you know in a little tagline kuwait says some of it was missing where'd that gold go (laughs) um yeah i like to think that danny got away with with some of it Speaking just briefly on 
in the beginning, obviously the map to the gold is located in a man's rectum. Right. And he that, didn't eat it because it couldn't have come out so perfect. It wasn't very long and it looked like most of it was already sticking out. It didn't look like it was. I think he just tucked it between his cheeks. Yeah. It's like that could have gotten sweaty. It looked hot. I was going to say, like, I'm going to pick a knit here. And why is the thing not soaked and disintegrating from sweat? Also, with his pants that loose, like, I feel like it would have fallen out at some point. It wasn't really in there enough. Well, it's definitely a clincher. You definitely, if you're going to smuggle a map that way, you definitely want to keep it clinched at all times. I thought he just, like, rolled it. Yeah, I thought it was rolled. Yeah, it was rolled. (laughs) How do you clench it, but it's still rolled like that? Well, I feel like part of it, though, and we're spending way too much time on the map, but I feel like part of it was, like, squeezed. Like, I don't feel like he pulled it out as a perfect, like, rolled up. Like, I think, like, half of it was, like... Like, the bottom part was, like, pinched a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he pinched it and shoved it. Y'all act like you've never tried to hold something in your ass. (laughs) Cell phone. What's the question? Like, like, uh, like what kind of cell phone though? Like a, like an iPhone or like a razor? No, you never just like take your phone and just like (laughs) (laughs) file it away like a little file just to, (laughs) Never mind. Just like swipe it like a credit card or. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I think that there are an infinite number of better places to stick a piece of paper than slightly out of your asshole, but. I mean, come on, my guy. This movie is this. This is um, this is one of those things where where war movies are like you talk about, where it's war movies are centered around battles and fighting, and this is not really about that, but still an action movie. Part of that is being a heist movie, and part of that is just. Um, I think it's it's interesting in the sense that it it feels. Um, I don't know. It's sneaky good in that way because it's reflective. It somehow gets to have it both ways. It gets to be about a war that, um, and and you see this in in thematically in a couple of other movies that come out about these these wars. I'm thinking specifically, I guess, of Jarhead. But there's a whole lot of sitting around and doing fucking nothing. Like that's what we sent those people out there to do. You know, they're just hanging out in the fucking desert. Well, they they say specifically like this whole group hadn't even really seen action. Yeah. Until like they decide to go off. Yeah. Well, until until Mark Wahlberg sees that guy and shoots it and then his head pops off. (laughs) I mean, at the beginning of this, you basically see the frustration and that takes other movies, a couple of other movies that deal with this or or try to deal with that. Um, They spend the whole movie talking about how it's a whole bunch of fucking nothing. And this movie is just like, all right, we're going to drop you in. These dudes are crazy and desperate for some amount of uh, something to happen. And then, you know, um, out of the, out of the deus ex ass, right? Like, um, you know, suddenly something pops into, into their, their story and they can actually do something interesting. Um, Brandon, I, I know that you in particular, didn't seem to care for for Mr. O. Russell's work here. I did not care for some of the, I guess, the, and we, we said we weren't going to do this, but some of the cinematography. Uh, I thought overall there were a lot of good choices made in this movie, both about, like I guess, like filters and uh, things like that. Like tr- your traditional, I guess, if you're going to shoot a movie in the desert, you're traditionally going to shoot in 
uh, you know, kind of a, a brownish filter. But uh, there was, I guess, there was one. Uh, there was a couple. Of, there was a choice, couple of choices made during the the first shootout in Kabbalah that uh, I just. He, I wasn't a fan of what they did with uh, some of the camera work and some of, and not to, because uh, we said we weren't going to do, we weren't going to be pretentious or anything, but uh, he, <laughs> he there, there's some decisions there that I just was not a fan of. Um, I feel like, uh, and I know, I, I understand why those decisions were made. I, you know, it's, it's meant to disorient the, the viewer um and and show the you know the frenetic pace of like making life or death decisions uh in in combat but i feel like other movies have done it better and so in looking i guess at david o russell's uh history before that i guess this is his first foray into action so he's experimenting which is good but i just think that there were other there are better ways to do the pace of war i agree Completely. That was the only th- that scene was the only scene where I had any kind of complaint about this movie. I feel like he did that a lot though throughout the movie. But that one was just like the most disorienting, I think. Um, and I get it, but I don't have to like it. I honestly thought our movie lagged for a second because I hadn't <laughs> seen it in forever. Like the first time, it kind of does like that slow like. And it's grainy. Thing. I was like, "Is this a good cop?" Like, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, that's just a style choice." I mean, I don't want to speak for Nick and I, but I think we both really appreciated the way the scene was shot, the way it was like done in slow motion. Stop. And then do, 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 do. And then it, the bullets hit the body. Do, do, do. I thought it was pretty fucking awesome. And then when they realize what they've done, the sky just goes faster. And, who I'm, I'm not bullshitting. Yeah, it really stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> I, I didn't remember this scene being like as intense i mean uh, let me rephrase that not intense the 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 scene is intense because a decision is made right then and there are we gonna do are we gonna follow through with the heist plan or are we pivoting and we are going to try and make things right literally by breaking a peace treaty or a ceasefire treaty in order to do so for these people it's a it's a big moral dilemma right in the middle of the movie that you not necessarily don't see coming because you really don't and it takes you back to the very first line in this in this movie. Are we shooting? Right. Yeah. It's a great opening scene. But yeah, that that the that, that little first little action scene kind of sticks out over everything else. And I I don't remember it being that elaborate. That as the kids would say, extra. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it felt like. Um, I mean, like you're saying, this is a this is a turning point in the narrative and to sort of be also the point where you overload it with directorial choices. You know, it seemed like a like an odd thing to do. I didn't mind some of the some of the things that he did with shots, you know, um, in, in other parts in this movie, because I think, you know, Brandon, like what you were saying, I think that the um, instinct to to experiment and to try new things is, is for me always welcome in these sorts of things and in, in genres, genre movies. For me, it was like, okay, this is, this is the turning point. This is where shit like gets real. I don't want to be taken out of that. And, and maybe it is designed to make you feel like you're in the shit, but it didn't make me feel like I was in the shit. 
it made me feel like I was watching a director do something. And that's not what I want in the middle of a very impactful scene. I want to feel like the thing that's on screen is actually happening. And not to jump too quickly ahead, you see a lot of this movie, the way things are shot, the way things look in Jarhead. And I feel in who directed Jarhead? I don't Sam remember. Sam Mendes? Mendes? I don't know. We'll say Mendes here. <laughs> we'll keep La Raza alive. Um, you Isn't see, he British? Probably. I don't know. I'm just I'm being stereotypical like that. <laughs> You see a lot of what they did in Three Kings in that movie, like as far as shot choice and um, the way everything looks. And it really feels like, God, this is just war really is shitty and it looks shitty, but they did it so much better in Jarhead. Story, we're, we're not talking about that, but I'm just saying from a look standpoint, from a cinematography standpoint, Nicholas, I feel that Mr. Mendez, Senor Mendez, took some things from Three Kings and was like, hey, I'm going to just make it better. So I did have an unanswerable question. Yes, I'm stealing that real quick in that scene. Do you think that post ceasefire, when an officer from the Iraqi army would talk to the, like an officer from the U.S., do you think it was that cordial or that, like, I, I never noticed that, pro like when I first saw this movie, it never, like Major Gates is talking to that one officer like, oh, hello, you you take the gold, or you do this, right? You leave uh, now. And, and I just don't see that being that cordial. I, I would imagine that it would be, right, because of the size of the American army, the scope of their victory, and the fact that they know that the Americans, the Americans aren't there to ultimately free the Iraqi people, um, which is evident throughout the entire movie. Like, you know, they, they go through that whole line or that whole thing where – like George George Bush told told us told them to rise up and they did and then the American support disappears and now they're being slaughtered. And I'm sorry. Told them to what? George Bush told them to rise up against Saddam Hussein. Rise up. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Or, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I I should have remembered. Because we're going to do Hamilton at some point. Yeah, we are. Um, I'd rather die. <laughs> <laughs> but right, so Saddam, uh, George W. Bush, or George Bush tells the, the people uh, to rise up against Saddam and you'll have the American, you'll have American support. And then they do it and they don't have American support. America agrees to a ceasefire. They don't depose uh, Saddam Hussein. And so his Revolutionary Guard is pretty much just allowed to kill Iraqi dissidents. And the Americans don't care. That's not what they're there for. Right. Um, they're they're packing up and going home. They they had their their shock and all. They had their little campaign, you know. And and now it's time to go home. So I would imagine that yes, it would be that cordial between America and the Iraqi soldiers because America doesn't have a stake here anymore. Okay, I, I'll buy that. It, the thought never crossed my mind until rewatching this film. At least from this film's perspective, I think that they really try to push home the fact that it was really shitty of America to essentially, you know, goad the Iraqi people into rising up against Saddam Hussein and uh, to do this whole thing, but not depose Saddam Hussein. They essentially left him intact. There were no real consequences for Saddam Hussein, at least from this movie's perspective. Saddam was 
left to pretty much use his revolutionary guard to continue running the country the way that he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, we had to go back in and get the motherfucker, right? Like, yep. They tried to kill my father. (laughs) (laughs) Say word. Classic Black Bush. Um, On that note, uh, let's let's talk about some people, right? Um, Continue to talk about some people. Um, Who was you guys' MVP? Say somebody, somebody, somebody talk about their MVP. Somebody talk about the performance that they really thought stood out here. You know, in looking up this movie, I did have I had this ultimately the same question that Roger Ebert had when he reviewed this film in '99. Is why the why wasn't this movie called Four Kings? One Foreshadowing died. Right. Well, but not until like it's like literally like twenty minutes left in the movie. Spike Jones's his character is there for the majority of the movie. I can't figure out why they weren't called Four Kings. Spike I Jones. Like, Sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I feel like compared to the other like men on screen, he was seen as more of like a prince. Like, he was kind of the baby. He didn't really do much. Like, even Mark Wahlberg comes out at one point. He's like, hey, you got this? He's like, well, I mean, they're not listening to me, but yeah. <laughs> we three kings be stealing the gold. If we're talking MVPs, I thought that Spike Jones actually punctuated this movie perfectly with uh, uh, comedy. Um, every time, you know, he's got a line, it was pretty good. Even, even when... Uh, Ice Cube is is telling him, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna use these racial slurs. Mm. These racial slurs are just <laughs> fine, though. Right. Um, right. <laughs> um, I you know I thought Spike Jones's character was the most uh, the most real. I don't know. I, next to Mark Wahlberg, um, who just Mark Wahlberg has this way about delivering lines. Sometimes that's just. It's it's almost you know it's I, I put it in the notes but it's sing songy like just the way he does them uh, in a lot of his movies is uh, I really enjoy it really enjoy the way he he delivers his lines sometimes yeah hmm. I don't I don't love him in a in some movies but in this one I I even said to Ryan I was like I don't remember what my opinion of Mark Wahlberg was before this movie but I think I like him. <laughs> I think he's he might be good. I think he might be good at this. I don't know. He's always pretty good, um, but I don't always love the role he plays, which then makes me think he's trash sometimes. Fair. You know what I'm saying? Fair. That's why I couldn't remember, like, do I like Mark Wahlberg or not? I think I like him now. I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. Depends on who he is in the next movie. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg is not my MVP, but do you think there is any talk about making a push for him for best supporting actor. I mean, he wouldn't have won that year. That year is fucking stacked. But do you think that somehow or another they thought that it could be almost like a novelty if we could get Marky Mark to, you know, because of the idea of being passed over for, or not passed over, but for not getting at least some major award acclaim for Boogie Nights that they thought, oh, let's see if we can get him in this role and see if we can make a little push. If you really look at Mark Wahlberg's IMDb, I know we don't like doing that. He had a, pretty fucking killer three movie stretch there fear boogie nights three kings kind of compares with only jamie kennedy at that point (laughs) um perfect storm the year after i mean come on come on that's another millennium bro can't do that i'm just saying but if we are you know you got rockstar right after that what yeah we don't talk about planet of the apes right 
But but in all seriousness, like he opens up the movie, Mark Wahlberg's character, and you know he does a good that little montage. It's a lot of fun, and he can sort of make fun of himself, kind of because during that time period, little you know, right after that, he is Marky Mark, early to mid nineties. I think people appreciate when you can kind of do that, and then also that scene when George Clooney is introduced. You know, is this the Proctology Ten or some shit like that? He actually kind of goes toe to toe there with Clooney. He doesn't back down. He kind of holds his ground. I thought he actually gave a pretty strong performance. I'm just saying, I, I wonder if there was ever any talk because they do say the Oscars are political. Um, and we know how near and dear all of us hold the Oscars to our hearts. Mm. I don't know. I figured there might have been like a little bit of a push to kind of give him a little bit of love. I, I think, think it, sorry, go ahead, Brandon. No, I was going to say, I just think his strongest performance is probably going to be uh, the torture scene uh, where he's telling uh his captors about his daughter and you know it's right 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 like that whole just like that whole exchange between the two where he's like well i haven't he's like i haven't even told you the the terrible part yet like just that whole the whole thing is is really good and i thought mark Wahlberg actually uh probably like acting wise i thought that scene and that that exchange was probably the best acting done in this movie not that everybody else was bad but i thought that that was the best acting done and actually you know maybe just as a as a note here that might be a a thing that we that i might bring up from from now on like what scene did you think was the best acted in a in a movie i like that we're gonna gonna call it something it's gonna be our signature no we can't we can't call it the mark Wahlberg award i refuse i refuse to have (laughs) the best acted scene in a movie award be named in Mark Wahlberg's honor. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we'll call it something, but we're, we'll spitball some names this week. But I think that going forward, I'm gonna throw that into every uh, every okay. outline. I kind of want to call it the Mark Wahlberg Award. <laughs> Come on, that's I'm, fucking funny. It's ironic going, as shit. I'm not going to allow that, Ryan. Um, okay, we won't allow it. Fine, but I did. I didn't overruled. Listen, watch. <laughs> this is me, Julia Jennifer. This is me, Julius Hoffman. <laughs> Judge Julius Hoffman overruled. Um, <laughs> you'll get that in in hey, two weeks. No, you don't get to do it. that. I'm uh, trained to become a judge. That's right. Um, I do agree. I think that was. I think that was my favorite scene, um, and and very well acted from Mark Wahlberg. I wish. This is one of those things I didn't bring up in the directing conversation, but I wish that that that's almost like uh, I wish he could have gotten. I wish we could have gotten Quentin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm on a first name basis with them. I wish I wish we could have gotten Tarantino to come in and direct. I forget what movie. I feel like he directed one scene of a movie one time. I feel like that's a thing, and maybe a Robert Rodriguez thing. Crimson with George Clooney from Dusk Till Dawn. Perhaps. Was he in that one? Yeah, he was in. That's Robert, not Robert Rodriguez. That was Robert Rodriguez, yeah. But Quentin Tarantino was actually in the movie. He was, he was. I I just, not to correct you, but we, his friends, we call him QT. Oh, I I call him Foot Lover 99. Anyways. um, My God. (laughs) Is that his Reddit? I could never get it. He wouldn't (laughs) give it to me. <laughs> in my head i was like fuck what year is quinn tarantino born i'll just pick a random number um <laughs> anyways i wish i wish he would have direct guest directed that one scene because there's a whole lot of tension there and then they cut away from it and cut back to it 
and do a whole bunch of like jump around. And I just want like Mark Wahlberg is cooking there. Like just just stay with them. You know what I mean? Like that's what I want out of a I think in a in a better movie. I think that's what we get. I think though, if you have Tarantino, it becomes more about the torture and less about the dialogue. Are you gonna tell me that Quentin Tarantino doesn't have good dialogue in his torture scenes? Mm. It's a dangerous hill to go up. Ah, you know what? Because I think he really would have. What is wrong, the, the what is wrong with Michael Jackson? <laughs> I think he would have right. really gone for that. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you might he, be right. He would have. I mean, <laughs> technically, I think David O. Russell tried to go there, and I think the studio cut some of that stuff out as far as the Michael Jackson conversation goes, based on my. Uh, shitty internet research um <laughs> maybe this is bias but i think that this movie starts out being a mark Wahlberg movie like we we start out focused on the character of mark Wahlberg, and then george clooney shows up and is like i'm actually like the head of this thing that's happening and then we sort of focus in on him and so it's it, mark Wahlberg is is kind of caught in the middle I think that he can stand up and perform next to George Clooney. I just think the character itself sort of gets um, pushed to the side a little bit in favor of George Clooney. He's somewhere in between a best supporting actor and a best actor, which is unfortunate, an unfortunate place to be. I will say, I, I do think that this movie did bring legitimacy to an acting career for Mark Wahlberg. I think that's an interesting uh, avenue of conversation, more so for George Clooney. Because technically, I feel like Mark Wahlberg has like done had done good stuff before this. I mean, you know, people, Jennifer, we have we have someone right here who who loves fear very much. Oh, yeah. Um, who is constantly going around and beating themselves on the chest very <laughs> menacingly. And I don't care for it. And and Boogie Nights. I mean, Boogie Nights is is one of. One of my favorite movies of the 1990s. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Clooney, on the other hand, is literally during the filming of this. He's filming ER four days, three days of the week and filming this the other four. So he's not really established, really. And then he comes out and does this. Well, that was my question about my MVP of the movie, which is George Clooney, is did this movie save Clooney's movie career? Because the run up to this, I mean, the big kind of bruise, if we're going to stay on that, of his movie career prior to that is Batman and Robin. I mean, you might have liked it, Nick, but that's a fucking joke. Don't well, put did, that on the fucking podcast. Yeah, did did Clooney take a lot of flack for, I, and I don't remember, did he take a lot of flack for Batman and Robin? I remember... When someone asks you who your favorite Batman is, do they ever mention Clooney? Listen. No, they don't. But I feel like Alicia Silverstone took the brunt of that Batman and Robin disaster for some reason. True, well, but, but I also think that ER played a huge part in that because everyone loves Dr. Ross. People who hated ER was like, I don't like ER, but I do like the salt and pepper haired guy, Dr. Ross. Brandon, I think I think you're right in the sense that but but the issue is that that Alicia Silverstone didn't get this role, right? I mean, th that's what we're saying is that this is this is potentially the role that saved him. I mean, I I think you know, Out of Sight is fantastic, but not enough people saw it. Right. This is the movie where it's like, okay, 
he he's still here. And and Alicia Silverstone, unfortunately, did not get the opportunity to to do that. And so it winds up looking in hindsight like, oh, man, she's the one that tanked after the after Batman and Robin, you know, or and I want to talk. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. I was going to say, or maybe Chris O'Donnell, but fuck him, right? It should have been Marlon Wayans. But, I mean, I want to talk about his career real quick. Because one, like, from Dust Till Dawn, I think is, I actually think it's a pretty fucking cool movie. If it's on, it's one of those movies, kind of like Roadhouse for me, that if it's on, I'm probably going to watch majority of it. Like, it's bad, but it's good bad. I was about to agree with you, and then you said it was bad. No, 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 but I mean bad as in, like, it's got that Robert Rodriguez bad to it. I thought it was fantastic. No, I, I enjoy it, but it, it, it sounds it's like almost, you didn't, Ryan. Stick no, to your I, guns, Ryan. Shit, no, no, no. be a what man. I'm, what, okay. I'm saying, what, I'm saying by, what I'm saying by bad is Robert Rodriguez's like. movies purposely do one or two things here and there in a scene where it's like, okay, come on. That didn't look right. So that's Just the bad, it. but I, I fucking enjoy it. I really do. Are we going to ignore One Fine Day, though, for George Clooney? No. What, Pfeiffer? What I was going to say was you're going to go from tough guy tattoo, neck tattoo, you know, Seth Gecko to One Fine Day. One Fine Day had a hell of a soundtrack. I don't think y'all were old enough to remember that, but I did have the tape. I, I had the VHS. What's up? It doesn't girl. work anymore. Watched it too many times. <laughs> but his But his choices are interesting. So you're going to go from criminal to One Fine Day to playing Batman to military the peacemaker a lot of people didn't see that one that was actually not a bad movie i i like that movie him and nicole kidman have zero chemistry but it's overall a enjoyable movie then you do out of sight which is fucking awesome and then you're gonna do the thin red line like it's just a weird kind of and in the thin red line he has like two lines in the movie he's there for like 20 seconds if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. so it's like wow, this great TV actor is just not picking the right roles. And then here comes Three Kings, a movie he begged to be a part of. He went to David O. Russell's apartment and was like, please, 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 let me be a part of this. David O. Russell's there with a camera kind of filming in this. And he's like, if I'm on the making of Three Kings and I don't get the fucking role, you're an asshole. Like, that's fucking cool. To be able to be that, not that egotistical, to to literally beg for a part. When you're one of the most sought after TV actors at the time, because he had already said he was leaving ER at that point. So it's where, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Jennifer, I don't know if you saw this, but he begged for the part and David O. Russell still was going to give it to your boy, Nicolas Cage. How do you, how do you feel about Nicolas Cage in this movie? I would love to see some like screen tests of what that would look like, but not a whole movie. No, God, no. I just want to see. <laughs> it's more of like an outtakes because I don't think. I mean, it starts off with George Clooney having sex with that other reporter. Um, what's her face? Yes. Greer. Shout out to Judy, yeah, Greer. Judy Greer. Judy Greer. I can't imagine Nicolas Cage doing that. Oh, having sex? I can. So I don't. It's the same. It'd be the same scene from The Rock where he's like, naughty, naughty. Stop it. <laughs> Gross. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Stop it. it. I had successfully blocked that out of my fucking mind. Nicolas Cage in 1999. I didn't realize George Clooney was already 38 at that point. He looks fantastic. He really does. Mark Wahlberg's 10 years younger than him, and I thought they they looked the same. 
No, Mark Wahlberg popped his shirt off as per contract. And it was like, all right, that dude's not 38. <laughs> like, completely unnecessary. That whole scene where he tries to get away is basically just an excuse for them to rip his shirt off. Like, what and are he's we doing here? definitely twisting as he's running to show off the abs. Oh, like, no, no one no, runs no, like no, that. No. I, I noticed that today. I was like, why are you, why are you like, your ass is going one way and your stomach's going another, but your chest is going the same way as your ass. Like doing a photo shoot for Tommy Hilfiger or whoever the fuck you. Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein, of course. Nicholas Cage is slightly younger than George Clooney. I just it's still at that point I can't see his face in that role. I don't think he has the gravitas to pull it off. Um, he could have been like a side character, but uh he could have done Jamie Kennedy's role and just been a little My out am- there. <laughs> so Nick, who's your MVP? My MVP is George Clooney. Shouts to my boy. Um, shouts to my guy forever. Underrated performance in this, I think, is Ice Cube because he he's got to carry like a certain amount of. He doesn't get to be. He doesn't get to be comedic relief, right? Mm-hmm. Like he normally does in in movies. Actually, from from then on, he doesn't really get to carry the load so to speak of the emotional load but he still has to be you know i feel like he's believable and grounded in in everything that he does throughout the movie well he's the moral compass really but he's not your typical moral compass like he's willing to go along with this and take money but he kind of keeps everyone like the the ring of jesus fire and the i i really i, I really like that line he says if God put this in front of me, I'm going to, for a reason, I'm going to take it. But he's also the one like, we're not going to, are we just going to let these, we're just going to leave these people. We're not going to do anything. I felt like I felt personally like he was the moral compass of, of, of those four. I could see it. I think, I think they are all act as various sorts of, I mean, you know, the whole, listen, George Clooney is the whole reason George Clooney shooting that dude for shooting an innocent woman is technically the, the reason that all of this pops off. That's, that's some amount of moral compass. I think, I think we're, we're inclined to want to follow Mark Wahlberg's moral compass throughout this movie, because I think that's sort of like a POV sort of thing. But, uh, right. Even in that scene though, Mark Wahlberg was like, no, we got to We got a plan. Let's get out of here. We got the gold. Let's, let's dip. And I think he was really the one that was like, no, this, this, this isn't right. We got to do something. Which is, I mean, I think one of the good things about this movie is that, I mean, all of these characters, you know, you can talk a bunch of shit about how you'd act. You know, George Clooney up until then is like, listen, we're in, we're out, we're here for fucking gold, and that's it. Like, I don't want to hear any of your shit about anything else. And Mark Wahlberg is like, man, I don't know if I can, like, before they even do it, he's like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this, you know? I'm not, I'm not, this isn't what I signed up for. I just want some, I just wanted some gold. Like, I'm not here for this shit. But when you're actually in the shit, you know, the things and the motivations that you have, what do they actually mean? And I think that they, you know, it's, it plays out in in a lot of different ways. Like you're talking about Ice Cube's character has this religious center. And part of it is like, you know, we have to help people. And then part of it is like, if the good Lord put 15 you know, um, Louis Vuitton suitcases filled of gold bullion. Right. In front of me, soup. then I'm going to f- fucking take it because it's mine. <laughs> he was the Jiminy Cricket that I would like to have with me on a heist such as this. Interesting. 
I don't remember Pinocchio doing heists, but I'd watch. <laughs> if they do a reimagining of Pinocchio as a heist movie. And, and you might be right, and I might want to retract my statement about the moral compass, because at the beginning, he does tell Ron, or the colonel, he says, I don't even know what we did here. Like, he came to the war thinking we were going to do one thing, and it turned out that we didn't. We're not liberating the people of Iraq in order to rise up. Yeah, rise up. Against Saddam Hussein. Jen, I'm very disappointed in you, because you knew where I was going I, with that. and you I gave a look. That's enough. Anybody else? Any any cameos? Any small roles that you guys were like, oh shit? I mean, I don't think we gave Jamie Kennedy enough credit. Talk to me about Jamie Kennedy then, Jennifer. What's up? I put it, well, in my head, I guess. I put it down as like one of my favorite scenes when he takes the reporter. Um, what's her name? Nora Dunn. He's supposed to like distract her and give her this fake map and like drives her off. And he's like, well, we can go see the, you know, the pelicans, <laughs> whatever. And so he drives her over there and then like she has like that breakdown and she just starts like crying. She's like, it's just so fucking sad. And then he starts crying with her and then she like snaps out of it and then steals his vehicle. And he right, poor she's, fucking like, birds. He's, like he's got a lot going on for his day as well. He's dealing with her the whole time. And like he gets his clothes taken away at one point. He also leans like, in and tries to kiss her at one point. I like how he, <laughs> without even blinking, just like stiff arms him. That was great. <sighs> That's so good. Cliff Curtis, I guess, obviously. I feel like I see him in, in a bunch of shit, but also I don't see him in a bunch of shit. Um, I thought, I mean, he's the perfect, not to be racist, but he's the perfect... Uh, brown guy when you hey. need a brown guy in a movie hey whoa that's fair though because he's he's technically <laughs> from like, new whoa Ze but that's he's, okay he's from new zealand and i know for a fact that he's played mexicans he's yep. played smiley uh, that's how I was middle eastern guys <laughs> like he's a goddamn chameleon he's right brown. There, he's, that's all you need. <laughs> he's the taika waititi <laughs> he looks like taika it's nice to have that variety. To be brown? Yes. Sure. And he's got a lot of jobs from it. I mean... Or he can play any... Well, not he, any, but... He can, he can play any supporting role that he wants. He's he's in <laughs> fucking, like, Hobbs and Shaw as, like, a Samoan. It's perfect. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he grew his hair out for that, didn't he? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking when I saw Training Day, I was like... Is that the is that that's the guy from Three Kings? I thought he was I thought he was Middle Eastern. <laughs> Mexican. And then I look, I was like, oh no, he's white. His last name is Curtis. Wow. This was not this was also like 2001, okay? Times were different. Mexicans played Mexicans. British played everything, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also shouts to uh Saeed Tagmui. Your boy ooh, Jennifer? Ooh. Yes. Did mm -hmm. Uh, I was gonna say it, but I was gonna wait for someone else to say his name, shit, so I didn't sorry. mess it up. Did not, did not. No, I <laughs> immediately thought of, oh, that's the the French dude from Wonder Woman, but mm -hmm. obviously he's been in a bunch of other shit. But I was like immediately, like, oh, that's the young, it's the young version of the French dude from Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. See your boy Jen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she got all the facts about Saeed. I like him. Let me know. What are the facts? I like, I like what's it. going on. He is a I cancer. 
Jesus. He was born a few days after me. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. He speaks four languages. Hey, Jen. Before becoming quick. an actor. What? What's, uh, what's Nick's astrological sign? He's a Virgo. She would be really bad at astrology if she couldn't tell you what my astrological sign was. I think I honestly think he has the best lines in the movie. Said? Oh, yeah. What's the problem with Michael Jackson? I mean, he's the one that really goes into the, I wouldn't say foreshadowing of things to come, but when he breaks down kind of like what America does when they invade a country and why would you do this, it kind of speaks volumes. Right. It's one thing for George Clooney, who has been there the whole time, to be like, man, what was the point of all this? Right. You know, like complete disillusionment. And that's fine because you're getting that perspective, the American perspective. But when he shows up and is like, listen, let me tell you why you're actually like Mark Wahlberg, you stupid summer, your sweet little summer child. You don't even know what the fuck you've been doing here. It's powerful. But the most fun character had to have been Spike Jones. I was going to say, we didn't talk. I feel like we didn't talk enough about Spike Jones. We kind of like glossed over him, but I don't know what else to say about him. Super fucking racist. Yeah, he played that like ignorant Southern high school dropout pretty well. Oh that line, I caught, you know, blacks make better receivers and quarterbacks. I was like, holy shit. I never caught that. Mark Wahlberg immediately was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Although in fairness, Philly's gone nowhere with Randall Cunningham. They hadn't. They hadn't. He actually was right. But then Ice Cube, Doug Williams not only took him to the Super Bowl, but they won. It's true. That is true, too. Does it make sense that he's from Dallas? I was thinking Arkansas. Uh, I was going to say, no, Dallas is very broad. I know a lot of people who, if you look at the scene where like they're like, oh, we're going to go back to our day jobs, and it shows mm-hmm. like, Mark Wahlberg in an office, Ice Cube at the airport, and then it shows him just shooting stuffed animals off a car in the woods, and he's like, I don't really have a day job. Fantastic. There's a lot of places that I'll buy it. Did Did anyone else recognize Ali Ashaka? No. What? As, no. As, what? As Cliff Curtis's yeah. daughter? Mm-hmm. What? No way. Yep. Wow. It's the freckles. The freckles give it away. It took me a minute. I think she was going for it. She did good. Shut the fuck up. She, did she wanted that Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. <laughs> she wanted to get slimed. She wanted it. Who among us? I just want to give a brief shout to my, my boy Holt. Holt McCallany. Anyways, Netflix Netflix canceled Mindhunter today. And that's that's my boy. Um, he's not he's not Jonathan Groff and and who who could be? But he's a he's a nice uh, foil for him. It was nice to see him in this movie. They're making a huge mistake by canceling that show. A huge mistake. Put that on record. First Hannibal, now Mindhunter. Darn tootin'. I know that was a long time ago, actually. It was. <laughs> um, I'm just behind on a lot of things. Give it five years. I'm going to be mad about the end of Game of Thrones. I'm going to talk so much shit if you watch Game of Thrones. After yeah. after spending your entire fucking existence talking all that shit about it, and if you go back and watch it, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is actually good. No, nope. you're going to love it. I'm going to watch it in secret and never say a word about it. You, I'm gonna just, You can't not say a word about it. You won't be able to at all. I will 
I'm going to get on Reddit and then talk about it. Ryan started watching the show like season six is when he caught on. And I had been talking about this show for six or seven years already. And I even made him watch an episode and he did, he was, he was doing the thing where like, you just absolutely refuse because you hate to be doing the thing that everybody else does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So he called it stupid the whole time. Anyway, he started watching in season six and then suddenly he would tell me, did you know so-and-so did this in this episode? I'm like, yeah, I saw that six years ago. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch on until 2018. That's about when Ryan did it, right? No, it was 2016 for 2016. me. 2016. Oh, yeah. look at you now. You proud of you proud? Of- <laughs> no, I remember. So, like, I I don't like this whole Middle Earth fantasy bullshit. That's just not me. And I found out that's not what it Middle is. Middle Earth. I'm right. sorry. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 You thought that's what that's it was. That's what it was. And right. Out. And and then you find out it's not, and you're. Like, oh my gosh, this is so entertaining. This is so good. Dang. I guess it doesn't help that I've seen the full season finale. The fact that you've already seen it means that you won't be disappointed when you watch it again. Because there's a lot of people that were disappointed in it. It's true. I know. I was just sitting there watching everyone else's faces. It did its job. Somebody needed to die. Actually, I have no idea. Oh, somebody did die. More people needed to die. (laughs) Different people. Yes. I don't know. I have no opinion. I haven't seen it. She's like, I don't know who they are, but some of them needed to die. I saw them die. It happened. I yearn for blood. Some of them die more than once, Jen. It's like Tokyo Drift. (laughs) 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 They come back? No. No. I'm going to watch it just so I can talk about it with y'all. Okay. Also, I'm pretty sure the... Best scene award is going to be the Alonzo Harris award. I don't know who that is. From Training Day. Okay. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Like that whole fucking scene. That's from Training Day? Jennifer, have you? (laughs) I got that from Malibu's Most Wanted. James Kennedy. Yeah. He jumps on the car with the bazooka. Yeah, shouts King Kong ain't got nothing. I hate. I hate. We're gonna I don't want to. I don't want to be here anymore. It's gonna be her. It's gonna be her. It's gonna be her plastic bag in the wind. I can't tell if she's being serious or not. Part of I'm serious about the Malibu most wanted with Jamie Kennedy. That is look up the scene. He jumps on the car. I know it too. He thinks the guns are fake, so he jumps up and. I'm gonna go watch that movie now because I love it. I actually sing his song really often. It's like the chapstick, chapstick. Yeah, I mean, all the time. Traffic, traffic. Yeah, getting kind of car sick. That's Ford Maverick. <laughs> We're doing. Oh, we movie. derailed this. Okay, unacceptable. But no, I did not realize that was from Training Day. But it's also from Malibu's Most Wanted, <laughs> also featuring Jamie Kennedy. Six degrees separation. <laughs> um. Fucking Christ. Um, speaking of scenes that really stuck with us, I guess it's my fault. I hadn't read this far in the outline. I didn't realize that Antonio's favorite scene was the shootout scene that we all shit on so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm going to say what I said earlier, which is I get it, but we don't have to like it. That's right. I get what you were going for, but it was bad. I understand you, Antonio, but I, don't have to agree with you. <laughs> I kind of did. I briefly touched on it. It goes with one of my favorite quotes. 
with Jamie Kennedy taking the reporter around and they go and see the birds. And then when she steals the car, she's yelling at him to tell him, tell her where he actually is. And she's driving by in the military grade, like little vehicle. And she's like, come on, bitch, tell me where he is. And then he <laughs> says, I think he like actually says where he is and or is saying like he can't. And then she's like, you'll die here. Like these fucking birds that they just <laughs> cried about together. <laughs> I think her character was a little underrated. Like, I mean, as a reporter, like she was a little hardcore. Like at one point, the I think it was like the Iraqi soldiers, like she was recording. They're like, no, that's when they took Jamie Kennedy's clothes off. And she had her like recorder and like they tried to take it. And she was like, no, that's mine. That's mine. Like they, he pulls a gun out to her. She's like, all right, fine. Fuck it. Like, whatever. <laughs> I love and then how. She's yelling at Jamie Kennedy. She's like, hurry up. Come on. And they're like trying to like literally physically stripping his like pants off of him. <laughs> I love how they they introduced the idea of her like needing to redo her fucking intros every single time, like multiple times. And then like she's doing it. She's trying to cut something in the middle of a fucking firefight, which is <laughs> fucking up. And she's like, she's like oh, I said gritty city. <laughs> she's like, fuck it. There are people dying. Like She just had it. She's like, <laughs> she was an underrated role in this, I think. Yes. That's no we're done. Which her character gave us Jamie or Jamie Kennedy's character kind of a purpose. Yeah. Quotes? Anybody? Quotes? Well, I did start off with the very intro of this the movie where he's like, "Are we shooting?" Which is a crazy intro. To have, yeah. It's like, why is there a, a question? Like, y'all don't know what y'all are doing. <laughs> we talked a lot about hiding things in butts, and and a line that that really spoke to me was, you know, you, you know, you're on the path to truth. When you smell shit, isn't that what they say? It's, like, it's just a great, a great Clooney coming in hot line as as an introduction to to the group. You know, I love that. Um, um, Lexus doesn't make a convertible. The repeated, the repeated <laughs> insistence that Lexus doesn't make a convertible. Infinity only. I do love when Ice Cube also is like when they first kind of bust into like that bunker. He's like. Because the guys are like not wanting him to shoot him, and then he's like, "Yeah, I love the United States of Freedom too," like yelling at them. <laughs> like I already know we talked about scenes, but I forgot to bring up that scene where uh, Barlow gets shot, and then they do like the um, they basically just release the pressure in his lungs from the gunshot with the little you know thing with the with the valve on it. Crazy! Didn't know you could do that. Save that for like. Say that for when the shit really hits the fan. Like, if I get shot in the dick, that's not going to help. <laughs> the valve isn't going to help that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, speaking of getting shot in the dick, that also happens in Outlander. Jesus I feel like Lord. if you got shot in the dick in the 1760s, your dick was just gone. Yeah, that's a... Right? I'm, I'm not... I don't know the outcome of that particular issue yet. Okay. Because he went away to England to recover. He doesn't have a dick anymore. He can't hang out with people that he knows. <laughs> I mean, what's um, his name? Gets his dick shot off in 21 Jump Street. Bro, that's Tim. He ain't got no dick anymore. Like <laughs> There there was one, I guess, there's two exchanges that really stood out uh, in this movie. Um, the one where, and they both in, involve uh, Spike Jones's character. Obviously the one where he takes the map out and he's like, you don't know what kind of vermin live in racial slur. 
and then they go through that whole thing. That one mm. was a good exchange. And then also uh, where uh, Gates is uh, talking about the uh, the bullion for the first time. And uh, he's, <laughs> um, Spike Jones' character is like, you mean like those little cubes you put in the hot water to make soup? Uh, that's those two exchanges definitely stand out. No, I do not mean the little cubes that you put in hot water to make soup. The first thing that you said did remind me of because you you only gave me one glove. He's like, that's how ranks go, or something like that. I, f- I forget what his explanation. I forget what Mark Wahlberg said. After I forget what Mark Wahlberg is like. It, it doesn't fucking matter. Essentially, like, yeah, I only got one glove. All right, guys. End of tour, so to speak. Um, Shout out to Lee Greenwood for writing the greatest patriotic song of all time. If I have to hear that fucking song one more time in my life. It's the only thing that plays on 4th of July in Texas. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, who wants to rate this movie? I have never heard of this movie until you guys nominated it. And by you guys, I mean you and Jen, since you discussed things before. <laughs> but I really, really liked it. And I'm glad that Ryan told me to pay attention to it. Is that all it takes? Yeah. Or he'll pa- he'll keep pausing it and look at me. Is, does oh, that is work? really annoying. Does that work? Nick did that the other day, and I was just like, fucking play it. And yeah. he's like, well, watch it. And I'm just like, okay. The, literally, like... 30 seconds into the movie, he pauses it. He's like, you're not even watching. I'm like, yes, I am. He just ran across the sand and is pointing his gun at that guy. (laughs) Anyway, so I'd never heard of this movie, but I really liked it. It gave me some insight on Desert Storm, which my my dad was there for that and doesn't talk about it. I'm going to give it a four. Interesting. Would rewatch, would recommend. Interesting. If you could cut the shootout scene, 4.1. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we'll allow that Antonio leaves and we get extra fucking wild so this is the best movie we've ever watched huh? no oh. <laughs> right <laughs> I mean it's not the best movie we've watched but I liked it and I enjoyed it and I would watch it again and recommend it and that's our rating scale until Antonio decides to change it I bet he would give it a one totally I feel would. like Antonio would give it a one or a two um, I'm going to give this movie a three. I thought it was very fun. Um, I thought it was overall, I thought it was very well directed. Um, I thought that pacing, uh, of the movie, uh, was very good, uh, for its, uh, subject, both a war movie and a heist movie. Um, I thought that the acting was great. And I thought that it being peppered with um, being a serious subject like war and stuff like that, and then peppering it with comedy uh, was a nice choice. Uh, So I'm going to give it a three. And I would rate this as a buy for me. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Without any context, by the way, Antonio would presumably like it to be known that he would rate this movie as a three. Really? Yes. As long as we don't categorize it as a heist movie? Or even as a heist movie. I I have no caveats. All I have is a number. (laughs) Wait, what? Wasn't fully invested until the shootout scene. Jesus Christ. God. It's Tokyo Drift all over again. Even when he agrees with someone's take, it's the wrong 
He got there on yeah, the even, wrong train. Honestly, <laughs> even when he's agreeing with me, I'm mad at him. <laughs> is he talking about the same shootout scene? Are we is he on the same page? I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm going to take the three from him. I know, right? <laughs> take the three. Take the three. Um, also, not Clooney's best performance. Is he talking shit about? What? How dare he? See, this is what I mean. It's like he wants we me need, to be upset yeah, with we, him. We needed him on this pod tonight. <laughs> uh, I am going to give this movie a three and a half. It's tough. Because I I do think it exists in its own sort of weird um, space. Like Brandon was saying, the added comedy element, black comedy element, is something that we don't really see enough. Really, I'm, tr- I'm trying really hard to think of another war movie that does that well. Um, still, I, I for whatever reason, there's something in me. Maybe it's maybe it's some of this David O. Russell stuff that's just pulling me back from a from an unadulterated four. It's a four for me. Yeah. I can look past the slight, very minimal scenes that the camera works a little questionable because overall the movie, the casting, like the story, the casting, the acting, great. And like everyone else, like you don't get this war in a movie. All you get is like very old wars that like this was just way more relevant. New, you got Clooney, Wahlberg, Spike Jones. Kennedy. Uh, it's a good movie. You're going to mention Jamie Kennedy, but not Ice Cube? Oh, and Ice Cube shit. <laughs> so, ultimately, I went into this movie already thinking that I knew the rating. I was going to rate this movie a three. I mean, it's a really good movie. It's fun. I like it. And, you know, I it's not one of those movies that you just go and just talk about, because each of those, each of the main kings, I guess you can say, have a movie that you would say above it, like or ahead of it. Like if you were talking about Ice Cube, you would mention one of the Fridays. Wahlberg, you'd probably mention Fear of the Departed, and Clooney, you'd probably mention Batman. It's not the number one for everybody, but I feel like this film foresaw a lot cynicism of invading the Middle East. We want to go there, dealing with refugees, the amazing stardom. George Clooney. I think some of the lines that Saeed say still are relevant today. You know, why invade the country if you're just going to, you know, a lot of that. So because of that and because of how impactful this movie can be and should be and is, I'll give it a four as well with you guys. I would rewatch it as I have many a times and I would recommend it. I feel that. Third highest rated movie collectively that we've watched. Which I'm surprised by. Yes. That this was the one. What's our first highest rated? Clueless? Technically, it's super bad. I was there for that. That was all fours from everybody that was here. I wouldn't have given it a four. Well, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's and then it's Gone Girl. Hmm. And then it's this. Interesting. What do uh what do what do people what would people recommend for our listeners? The obvious answer here is Black Hawk Down. Right? No? Is it? Talk to me. Why Black Hawk Down? It's got a good ensemble cast. It's kind of got the same feeling where you're where you're on ground level in the shit with them. <laughs> Who did that? It's Nick, right? I'm, oh, I did just... <laughs> Jen? 
Nick, what did you do? That's not me. What are you doing? I'm almost entirely sure that that's Brandon. It's got to be Brandon because Nick's picture is there. On the outline, they changed it to black cock down. (laughs) 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 Ryan! How dare you? You sneaky son of a bitch. I would have never guessed. Nick took yours. But I thought of a new one. Okay. Tell us. But Nick, you go first. Oh, uh, mine was mine was Jarhead. I think I mentioned this briefly earlier. I think it's I think it's a, a maybe a more accurate or more real in the in the vein of a war war movie. If you want to talk about this particular war, the Gulf War, then then that's that's my go to. And early Jake Gillies, fantastic. You know, he knows what he's doing. Two quick questions: How awesome? Is Jamie Foxx in that movie Ricky Tick? Awesome. A I, love real asshole. Said, I love how he says Ricky Tick though. You better do it, Ricky Tick. I had a teacher that used to say that, so that's why it stuck to me. And last question for you, Nick. Better performance for Lucas Black: Tokyo Drift or Jarhead? Jarhead. Lucas Black is in that. Yeah. <laughs> he's a. He's a. I'm gonna give it a two. He's a dumb <laughs> asshole. But like, hey, and spoiler alert, that accent still there. <laughs> Jar his in. native accent. It's still bad. Yeah, <laughs> it is in his contract that he has to have it. Yeah. I mean, not, he can't he can't act otherwise. Too proud. Um, Even though actors do fake accents all the time. Ask Eddie Redmayne. I like Eddie Redmayne, though. Uh, he's fine. It's because he's a ginger and he's British. That's all. Just a Ron Weasley. Yeah. I really did like the performance of Clooney and Wahlberg in this movie. And I think that they had some chemistry and you got to see that chemistry again in White Squall. I'm just kidding. <laughs> in <laughs> The Perfect Storm. It's a good movie. It's like nothing beats Diane Lane's Boston accent. Fucking gold. <laughs> oh, blobby. Uh, I am a sucker for a apocalypse movie. Not apocalypse, but like giant weather event movie. Yeah. Big big fan. Even if they're not like really that good. <laughs> this one's actually good. I'd recommend that. Shots to Mocky Mock. Out there in the goddamn sea. Jeffrey, you teased it. I know. So my recommendation is I would say just as star studded, but it includes Robert Downey Jr. Don't no. <laughs> you already know? Uh, go on. Yes. No, go on. Ben Stiller. Go on. Ooh. Jack Black. Oh. <laughs> Steve Coogan. Danny McBride. I'm talking about Tropic Thunder. A war movie that's not really about war, but they find themselves in war. Yeah, Tropic Thunder's mine. Okay. Mother Nature just would have never guessed her pants. Booty sweat. Get that booty sweat. You can't hold a, a map in there. She, I don't think she's seen Tropic Thunder. Wait, really? I said no. Amanda hasn't seen Tropic Thunder. Mm-mm. That's why she oh. didn't get the booty sweat. Dang, Matthew McConaughey. I have the DVD. I don't have to get the booty sweat to still reference the movie that we just watched. I was gonna. I was gonna say that was a that was a good tie-in. Yeah. Booty booty sweat. Multiple meanings to booty sweat. <laughs> Brandon is not going to recommend it. I will. I will also throw in a recommendation for the movie that he nominated this week, which I think is actually the best. Um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this recently. 
And I think it's the best, um, what I'm calling a modern war movie, which is a, a movie about a war set after Vietnam. And that's The Hurt Locker. Fantastic movie. Fantastic. Jeremy okay. Renner at his uh, at his peak. Never heard not of saying, her. Not saying much. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> did Van agree? He did. I see. I was going to ask if it was Listen, Van. When, whenever I say a friend, a friend I don't have any other friends that aren't on this podcast. So <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Does that mean we're friends? Um, FMK, Major Archie Gates, George Clooney. Sergeant First Class Troy Barlow, Mark Wahlberg, and Staff Sergeant Chief Elgin, Ice Cube. You got to fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go. I can do, I have my answer. Go for it, Jen. Yeah, then go. I'm going to kill Mark Wahlberg. I'm going to fuck George Clooney. And I'm going to marry Ice Cube. Word. Agreed. That's exactly what I would do. Judy Greer looked like she was having a good time. She did. (laughs) It sounded that was so bad. It was yeah, really I mean, awkward. It was so bad. I was like, it was. Well, I'm curious how many takes she had to do, and they were like, "All right, fuck it, that's fine." I don't think I could do it. <laughs> you, don't you don't think, think you, you could... could fuck George Clooney? I don't think I could. Uh, listen, Ryan, come on. I might... What are we talking about here? Are you going to do what hard. I think you're going to do, Nick? You're going to kill. Uh, what Ice do you Cube? What do you think I'm going to? I do? know he's killing Mark Wahlberg. Are you killing Mark Wahlberg? I don't think gonna, I am. Are you? You're, you're killing ice. You're killing Ice Cube. I'm killing Ice Cube. <gasps> you're fucking Mark Wahlberg. Yes. And you're marrying George Clooney. Yes. Say hello to your mother for me. Yes. That's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that is the actual right answer here. <laughs> Brandon. They're all the right answer unless you're killing Clooney. I am marrying uh, Cube. I Bird. am killing. I guess I'm fucking Clooney and and killing Wahlberg. Okay. That seems to be the universally said, right? agreed upon. Yeah. Yeah. When when is when is Van coming on to 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 talk movies? Or are we not we not we not there yet to bring in guests? My uh, neighbor would like to come on and talk about Top Gun. <gasps> I'm there. Was I we not have, wearing we like, have Ryan. my goose shirt? Like, is this just gonna be more. like Ryan and your neighbor just talking about Top Gun the whole time? Yeah, and just yeah. here, just like and Jen. She's been up a lot on these last three podcasts. You just wait till Top Gun comes. This fucking movie is so not even that think. great. We're just gonna be sitting here just mad because it's not it even. It sounds that like great somebody's jerking off for an hour and a half. What is that? <laughs> they're, just, they're jerking each other off for an hour and a half. <laughs> 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 Jen's the real.